Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. I pledge allegiance to the flag. That's how most of us grew up, placing our hands over our hearts and facing the old stars and stripes hanging somewhere in our classrooms. This act revealed our citizenship. It identified our chosen country. Dr. Jennings joins us today via Skype to explore the concept of citizenship and examine if it's possible or even necessary to belong to more than one entity. Dr. Jennings, what's on your heart today? So what's on my heart is, first off, just to let the listeners know, I grew up as a U.S. citizen, very patriotic, yes. watching all of the great movies like the Yankee Doodle Dandies and, <laughs> and things. And I and I grew up loving the Fourth of July and Fourth of July celebrations. And I, I got a scholarship from the U.S. Army for medical school, and I served eight years in the U.S. Army. So I had a real patriotic love for this country. But as I grew in my relationship with the Lord, You know, I realized that our first loyalty as Christians is to be in heaven. And I started to discover that the kingdoms of the earth are not the kingdoms of Jesus. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And then I discovered that the Bible actually talks about our citizenship and that our citizenship is to be in heaven. And I began going down, and I'm going to put this idea out for all of our listening audience to contemplate. What does it mean to be a citizen? To be a citizen, to be a member of a, of a nation state, to be a member of a kingdom, can we actually have loyalty to two nations at the same time, mm. to two be citizens in both? I know there are some people that have dual citizenship, yeah. but can we really? Didn't Jesus say something about a divided heart? Didn't he say that we can't be loyal to God and mammon? So I began looking at this idea, and I know on earth we do have a legal citizenship and we want to be good law-abiding citizens. The Bible tells us to do just exactly that, to obey the laws of the lands and be helpful and productive in our societies. But I'm really talking about our heart's affections, our love, our values, the principles we practice, and ultimately who we are going to side with when push comes to shove. So you're saying that citizenship is more than simply belonging to something. Am I hearing you say that? Let's talk about that. Uh, What does it mean to become a citizen of any nation of this world? In order to be a citizen of the world, like, for instance, the United States of America, people get naturalized all the time, Mm -hmm. get their green cards and go through the process, put the application in, and eventually become a U.S. citizen. But in order to be a citizen, one does not have to have a change of heart. Hmm. One doesn't even have to like the nation. That's true. A person becomes a citizen uh, typically by passing a knowledge test about the civil government and some other historical facts of that nation, declaring publicly their desire to be a citizen, performing a ritual, typically holding up their hand and taking an oath, public pledge of loyalty. And and finally, they receive some declaration or some certificate of citizenship. And that's how a person becomes a citizen of an earthly kingdom or nation. Mm -hmm. What I want to point out to Christians is I think many Christians have sadly fallen into the idea that's how we become a citizen of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you look at this pattern. How do we become a citizen, a Christian, a citizen of God's kingdom? Well, we pass a knowledge test. We have to have the know the right creed, the right list of doctrines. We have to have that knowledge test. We have to claim the privilege, accept the legal payment of Jesus' blood on our behalf, so we claim our desire to be in it. We perform a public ritual. Instead of a holding up our hand, we typically get baptized in water. We do make a public pledge of loyalty, and then we are 
legally declared by some organization to be a citizen of heaven and get a baptismal certificate. <laughs> yes, yes. And you can do every one of those things yeah, yeah, and have yeah, no change of heart. No change of heart. No change. And so I'm going to suggest to people you cannot become a citizen of heaven by going through the knowledge test, legal mechanism, and having a certificate by an organization. You become a citizen of heaven by having your heart renewed, being recreated in the inner man, having your heart circumcised by the spirit, the rebirth experience, the renewal, or as Hebrews 8.10 says, having God's law written on your heart and mind. And God's laws are not like man's laws. No, they are not. God's laws are not a list of rules. They are actually the design principles upon which life is constructed to operate. And thus the great three are truth, love, and freedom. And having God's law put in our hearts is we become a lover of truth, we become a lover of God and other people, and we promote autonomy and liberty of other people. Now, you say God's kingdom is not a list of laws. What about the Ten Commandments? What about the Old Testament laws that the children of Israel had to follow? It was just full of laws. Yeah, so the Ten Commandments, the purpose that they were given, Paul says in Galatians that they were added because of sin. Mm. And so the Ten Commandments, rightly understood, are diagnostic instrument. It says we look into the law to expose our sin. If it wasn't for the law, we wouldn't know what sin was. So the Ten Commandments are designed to expose in us that we are out of harmony with God's design for life. So you can conceptualize them as an MRI for the soul. Mm. It simply reveals to us that, that we're sick and we're dying, but it's not a cure. And it is certainly not the uh, law that the angels had in heaven. Right. They didn't have a law to honor their mother and father or not commit adultery or sins didn't pass down three or four generations. Mm -hmm. The Ten Commandments are a codification of the principle of love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, the neighbor is yourself. Jesus said all law hangs on this, and the first four are relationship with God, love God, last six are how we love man. And so those laws were not something that we strive to rigidly obey. Paul actually said that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees and did this until he saw the Tenth Commandment. And the Tenth Commandment is thou shalt not covet. Mm -hmm. See, there's no behavior you can do there. The Tenth Commandment exposes that all of them are about the condition of the heart. Mm -hmm. We either have a heart that loves God and, and has his principles written upon it, we've been reborn, that's a citizen of heaven, or we have a heart that still loves self, and then we're still a citizen of this earth, and the heart that loves self wants to keep rules and wants to make up rules, and that's how the earthly governments work. Well, I'm glad that you identify the Ten Commandments as a diagnostic tool, because a lot of people think, oh, I, I broke the sixth or seventh or the fourth commandment. I must be thrown out of the kingdom. God must have just sent me packing because I broke one of those laws. That's like, that's like taking a doctor's stethoscope and breaking it and say, okay, I'm going to die because you don't have a stethoscope. Yes, or going into an MRI and you see a tumor on your lung. Yeah. The MRI didn't put it there. That's right. And if you go, oh, I might as well, I'm, I'm hopeless, I got a tumor. No, you go to the doctor to get treatment. Oh. And God has a treatment that will heal any human heart that comes to him and asks for it. Oh, the benefits of citizenship of heaven. Isn't that right? Yes. And so we can't get citizenship through a legal mechanism. Mm -hmm. We get citizenship through a heart transformation. Mm -hmm. Thus, we become adopted into the kingdom of God and become sons and daughters of God. But this adoption is not like human legal adoptions. Here's the adoption. We adopt the 
principles of God into our heart. We adopt his truth. We adopt his character and methods. We open the heart and the spirit comes in and we adopt his design laws being written upon our heart and we are transformed to be like him. We become partakers of the divine nature and thus are brought into unity with the kingdom of heaven and we become citizens of heaven. Hmm. Well, that's good news for every one of us, Dr. Jennings. You just gave us some very, very good news that our citizenship in heaven is based on our heart first, our actions second. But you're saying that there is a connection there. If our heart is made in harmony and we act in harmony with what we know to be right and what God has told us, our citizenship is assured. Am I right in saying that? That's exactly right. Once we surrender the heart and the heart has been renewed by the Holy Spirit, we are a citizen of God. And then we begin to grow Mm -hmm. in godliness. Mm -hmm. We begin to grow and become more effective citizens in God's kingdom. And we begin to share the wonders and the benefits of being citizens in God's kingdom. We invite other people to become citizens of God's kingdom. And so this is part of the process of being a citizen of heaven. You know, I wrote a blog about this, and in the blog, I actually put some questions. While no question can determine the nature of a person's heart, a list of questions, Mm -hmm. the people who are citizens of heaven, though, will come to understand God's kingdom. Jesus said in John 15, 15, I no longer call you servants, rather call you friends, because servants don't understand their master's business. And Jesus wants us to understand. So we come to understand the nature of God's kingdom and how it works. And so I want to maybe throw a few of those questions out there. If a citizen of heaven who really understands God and heart has been renewed, would answer this question of what is the supreme law of God's kingdom in heaven? Now, I've listened to you long enough to know that I think the answer to that is love. That's right. It's the law of love, the principle of beneficence, the principle of giving. And Jesus said, all law hangs on love for God and love for others. This is the supreme law. And this law is functional. We've talked about it. It's not just emotionalism or sentimentalism. It's how life works, the principle of giving. And every breath you take, you give away carbon dioxide to the plants, and the plants give oxygen back to you, a never-ending circle of giving, which is the principle of love built into nature. There's so many more like this. But that's the supreme law of life. If you want to live, you must give, because if you decide to stop giving and hoard your carbon dioxide to yourself, you will break the law upon which life is designed to operate, and you will stop living. And that's how God's kingdom works. But there are other laws. So I ask people, name some of God's other laws besides the law of love. And a citizen of heaven would come to know some of these. There's one called the law of exertion. If you want something to get stronger, you must exercise it. Because if you don't use it, you lose it. Lose it. Okay, that's a design law, how reality works. There's the law of restoration. After as a finite being expends a resource, in order to have more to expend, you must rest and recover. Because if you don't, you exhaust and burn out. So that's the law of restoration. The law of worship, by beholding, we become changed. We actually become biologically, neurobiologic, our brain structure changes, our character changes, based on the God we admire, spend time looking at, and worship. It is unavoidable, it's structural, it's wired into us, and it is just how reality works, the law of worship. Mm -hmm. And there's many more. There's many more. The citizen of heaven would know some of these. So from where does God's law originate? That's another question. Where does God's law originate? From the heart of God, wouldn't it be? That's what I say, from God's very character, his very nature. That's right. So what is the purpose of God's laws? All of them, their, their purposes, as I understand them, and a citizen would know, are to maintain the lives, health, 
and happiness of his creation. It's for our well-being. It's for our good. The law of respiration is for our life. It's for our health. What is the problem with breaking God's law? Well, it deviates from how he constructed life to operate, and it causes injury and harm and death. So this is one that some might find interesting. What is the source of God's authority? Huh. Uh, I would think the fact that he's God and has been there before we were there and will be there after we're gone. That's absolutely true. And God in character, there are two primary characteristics of God that the Bible says that God is love. And it also says that God is light or truth. Mm -hmm. And his authority is in truth. It actually is this way. Mm -hmm. This is why it's authoritative, because it's true. It works this way. This is reality. And so scripture, there's a lot of Christians don't know this, scripture The Bible is not the source of God's authority. It is rather the instrument in communicating God's authoritative truth to us. Mm, mm. Well, Dr. Jennings, we have 60 seconds left here. Any final words for us today? The final word is that we will only find true wellness and well-being and happiness as we become citizens of heaven. And we only become citizens of heaven when our hearts are changed to operate in harmony with the king of heaven— and his laws, which are the law of love and liberty and truth and, and, and so forth, and have these laws written in our hearts and minds so that we operate in harmony with heaven. That's where life is found, and that's where wellness is found. Oh, such encouraging words. Dr. Tim Jennings has been with us today. The website, comeandreason.com. Lots of good resources there to help you continue this journey that uh, if you're listening to this program, you are on a journey. You have begun a journey of understanding and looking for the truth that Dr. Jennings talks about so much on this program. That's comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you very much for sharing today. Appreciate it. Always enjoy it, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.